Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what is going on? Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and I'm here every single week, of course, with you, ready for you to jump in. Whether you're deep in business right now, you've been making major pivots in business, or like a lot of people have found, it's the time to start something. You know, I know it seems nutso sometimes, you know, when the economy has been shifting and, and the world is starting to change or as we've seen over the last several months. Um, but these are the times very often in history that it's time to start something and a lot of fortunes can be made and a lot of impact can be made. And my guest this week is just the guy to help us do that. His name is Dane Maxwell. He's a serial entrepreneur um, and he takes businesses from ideas to seven-figure companies in a short period of time. He's created over 15 millionaires. And I really love that number because I hear people talk about creating millionaires as like goals. I want to make a million millionaires. And, and you know, you hear these goals that just plain aren't uh, real, you know, but to create 15, that's a number that you can tell he's worked with individuals and worked with business owners and made this happen. And he's done it over and over again. Um, it's all about how to start from zero and be able to create a real business with a real system, a real product that works. And his number one best-selling book, Start From Zero, Build Your Own Business, Experience True Freedom is out now. And uh, we want to talk all about it. Dane, are you there, my friend? Uh, yeah, I'm here. I love what you said about um, now's a good time to start a business. Um, my... Uh, we're experimenting with some things right now. Um, and there are still people out there that still do want a result with something. So the mechanism for how it's delivered just needs to change and that's it. So when you, when you come into these times of like, uh, stress and trauma, the basics work even better. Um, because people are stuck in survival, they're retreating, emotions run rampant intellectual intelligence is lower. And so if you return back to the basics, when people are sweating, you can do so well. So like, for example, like a yoga, like my buddy and we were experimenting with this. So a yoga studio has to shut down, but they have a clear customer of a yoga student. The clear result is I'm not sure how a yoga student would define it, probably to feel amazing in their body. Um, and then the mechanism was an in-person physical yoga class. Well, the mechanism needs to iterate. The person's still there. The person still wants the result. The mechanism just needs to change. So we, um, we tried running some ads on Facebook for people to join a virtual yoga class. 
and we've been generating leads for yoga studios at under $4 per lead because not very many people are advertising right now. Because every other yoga studio is trying to not spend advertising money and they're going, we're closed down. What are we going to do? How are we going to pay rent? And you're out there saying, let's pivot and let's make a change. I love that. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great time to start a business. So Dane, you, um, I want to kind of get back to the book in a second, but the idea of how long have you been an entrepreneur? I don't know that I know your full backstory. Were you always like this? Has this been kind of in your blood? Um, what was it like growing up? Tell me a little bit about your parents, a little bit about kind of what may have even pushed you into this world. You know, um, I really like your heart behind your show. I really do. Why, thank you. Yeah. And I, and I like that you're here every week for people. That's, I'm really touched to be on a show like this. Um, thank you. And it's, it's a nice question. It's, it's nice to be known. It's, it's, it's also nice to, to have a voice. And one thing that I just feel so deeply about is I want, I do want to help people find and use a voice in the business world, like to use your voice, like to be able to stand in the business world and like broadcast your thing. It's a no small feat uh, for many people. Um, and that's was kind of how my journey started back when I was young, because I mean, I was just, I think I've always been a builder. I wanted a guitar and I like, <laughs> I started like a video game rental company when I was like, I call it a company. I was like 10 and I had like three games I could rent, but I did rent it to somebody and he did return it late. So I charged him late. <laughs> You're a little mini blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dollar to rent the game, but $40 for a late fee. Yeah. Pay up. <laughs> so, so you started a video game rental company at 10. Yeah. I mean, I had one customer, you know, I had a, I had a little word doc and a little Pentium 486 computer, which was amazing. And like, and I typed a game in there and I typed it and this is pretty wild. And like, I mean, the other thing that I did that was seemed to be in my blood was, uh, um, was just building things like just being a builder. Like, so when I was like, we were the first house in our blocks, I take all the scrap wood and I build forts underneath the deck, just nail on random ugly pieces of wood to the beams in our deck. Thank God my parents didn't care. And I build it and it would look nasty. So I'd tear it down and then I'd build it again and tear it down and build it again. And that seems to be what I still do at this age. I get it. It's a metaphor. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're building, you're building stuff as a kid. What drove you? Cause I think this is a fascinating conversation. The, the video game rental company, the one customer that doesn't matter, right? Like I tell a story about how I not often, but sometimes some of you guys have heard it, but uh, my story about selling skateboard wheels, and I don't know that I was a little entrepreneur necessarily, but I know I tried to do that. And I think I had two customers and one of them was my neighbor who was selling them with me. And the other one was our friend down the street who was kind of wanting to sell them with us too. And it didn't go anywhere where we sold four wheels for a dollar. And I guess the question is why? Like, why did I say, you know what we should do? We should do this today on Saturday instead of riding our bikes or instead of playing tag or instead of playing games. What was the thing that as a kid, you were like, was it about making money? Was it about, I have this cool idea? Was it because your friend needed something? Did your mom or dad um, kind of, you know, introduce you to the idea, encourage you? Or was it completely the opposite? Were they like, what are you doing, kid? We don't even know what you're doing. You know, I work at the factory. Why would you do that? What was that sort of 
emotional experience like? Well, my parents were incredible. They truly were. And they encouraged freedom. It was, it was amazing. They didn't ever ask me if I did my homework. They didn't do anything. They just gave me complete autonomy. And that was incredible. Yeah, it was. It, it seems like it now, actually, when I was younger, I was like, do my parents, why don't you get after all my homework? And then I asked them and they said, no, you, it's, it's up to you. You can do that if you want or not. What? <laughs> I can do it if I want or not. That was starting the the video game rental company. It was a joy. It it was truly a joy. It was uh, like the experience of creation is um, so sacred and pleasurable, and I just I just I just treasured it. I really did at that time. So it was really almost the the artist of it, like the creation of it, the the work itself, the making something out of nothing, as I'd like to call it. And hence that certainly makes sense that you would be the guy that says, hey, let's start from zero. As you got older, did you like in high school or post, you know, college, I don't know if you went to school or not afterwards. But I lost it. I, 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 I got conditioned. I got conditioned to being employee, the entrepreneurial spark. What did you get into and what were you expecting to do? I don't know. I think I, I mean, the video game company or the video game rental, like it didn't work out that well. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't the long term. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't, didn't pay the bills. Um, so I decided to, I think a physical, a lot of physical abuse happened. And there was just like kids would torture me, bully me. It was, it was nuts. It was nuts. And I didn't have anybody around to protect me because it'd be like during the day or whatever. And I was so embarrassed by it. I never told anybody about it. You never told your parents? N not really. No. So you had, so tormentors at school. Outside everywhere, outside of school, around my neighborhood, you know, I'd, I'd walk home from like a carnival and I'd get cornered and trapped and threatened for like an hour or I'd be in the back of a, backyard of a house and the brother of my friend would decide to like jump on me and like drive his knees into my biceps or um and it, that that felt like an eternity that one just like he just did it forever um and then you know kids would smash my head into the ground or yeah just little little playful concussions you know <laughs> back back then back then so i, so I closed my heart then. i closed my heart Okay. What would you tell just before we leave this, this part of the story, what would you tell um, someone with a kid or a kid themselves going through that right now? If you're, cause that's a re very real thing. Um, it's a real serious thing, you know, having tormentors, having bullies or even being the bully and not realizing it. And there's a lot of light that's been shed kind of in that world, but it still happens all over the place and it can be super dangerous and devastating for a kid. What, would you give advice having gone through that and came out the other side clearly with some success and esteem for yourself? Do you have advice for someone going through that now? It do everything you can to know everything that's going on in your child's life. Ask, did anybody hurt you today? You know, very simple things and then do everything, everything you can to love and protect them and let them know they're protected. Because not being, not getting the protection 
taught certain parts of my sense of self that I wasn't worthy of protection. You know, and if you look at like diamonds, they're like wicked protected and they're highly valuable. I didn't feel like a diamond. And I think every child should feel like a diamond. Thank you for that. I, I certainly agree. Um, so you, you aren't feeling worthy and you're feeling like, I just got to get through this and I got to get out the other side. Um, what was the first kind of job career that you really got into post-school? And talk to me a little bit about just kind of getting into that. And then at what point did you go, wait a minute, I should get back to making things. Well, I was forced into it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, fired and unemployable and miserable everywhere. I, I resolved, I basically had resolved that my life would be miserable forever. What sorts of things did you try and work that were so miserable? Uh, computer repair, computer repair, Ernst and Young auditor for an internship. Um, but I was miserable with there and I, I let people know that. So I got fired from, <laughs> from Ernst and Young and, other people are like, what are you doing, dude? This is good money. I was like, there's no amount of money that, no thanks. So I, um, after Ernst and Young, and after getting fired, I told myself that I would never put my future in an employer's hands. So after getting fired and like, like realizing that I had no control and my employer was basically, I was a lemming, essentially upon to this to this particular employer and i was fired it just was like it woke back up in my heart i was like nope i ain't ever put in my i ain't ever put my life in someone else's hands again and then that's when that's when i just burned burned bright strong and how old are you at this point 20 20 wow so at 20 you'd already had enough you hit bottom <laughs> not being an entrepreneur <laughs> Yeah. Good for you. I love that. I hit bottom at 22 and that's when I started my first business. So pretty nice. interesting stories. Um, I want to talk about in, in your book, there's some fascinating stuff you talk about. It's a very comprehensive book as we were chatting before going to tape here. Um, start from zero, build your own business, experience true freedom. It's over 300 pages. This is like from A to Z, everything from the personalities and identities and patterns for the psyche of the entrepreneurs, the successful business owners, down to the business patterns, um, the everything from A to Z, everything you need to know. But one of the things that, that struck me right away was in the chapter you talk about the four brains. And I just, I, that jumped right out. I mean, I thought that was really interesting. Can you tell me what the idea behind the four brains are and how do we figure out which one we are? And is there a better one or worse one or are they just different? Well, I had a mentor for a bit come into the, come into the company to help iterate the way we trained people. And he showed me everything I was doing wrong with training people. And he showed me how to properly, uh, he was a PhD, very intelligent. And he showed me like, he knew, for example, how pattern recognition worked on a chemical level in the brain. So he would be able to tell you, like, if you stare at something for a while, patiently with 100% focus, and you keep staring at it, the neodendrites in your brain will reorganize to notice things you couldn't see before. So the way pattern recognition works is through still, calm, focused attention on one thing for a while. So if you stared at a leaf, 
like if you had an if you had an artist look at a leaf, a nature artist look at a leaf, and a normal human, not artist, look at a leaf, the the artist wouldn't notice these grooves that the person wouldn't see because their brain has been developed to see that leaf that way. But it took time for the brain to develop to see that. So I started shifting the explanation of what I taught into the four buildable brains. And then now I've since sort of iterated upon it. And I think I've discovered what I think is probably the most critical missing secret in most every entrepreneurial training program that exists. And it's uh, entrepreneurial skill, I think, is a muscle that can be built through repetitive reps. So if you want to get six-pack abs, it takes a strong, strong desire, stronger than any excuse you have. Most people don't have that desire for six-pack abs. They have the um, the want for it. Like, it's like, oh, that'd be nice. But like the real desire for like how you can move your body if you had a strong core and you know, a symbol of sexual vitality or whatever these things might be, like the desire for six-pack abs. Most don't have it. I don't. Yeah. I don't have it. It, it would be nice, but yeah, it would be nice, but not that fire passion. You'll do whatever it takes to make it. Yep. So that, and that's the same thing for a lot of people with business. They're like, oh, you know, it's a nice dad thing I'm considering. But um, so the strong desire needs to be there and it needs to be honest, like a real honest desire. Like, you know, this is super important to me. So is one, is this one of the brains? Cause that was, no. I want to come back to that. So what, could you tell me what the four brains are? Well, they're useless until you talk about this. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. But thank you. I mean, so like, that's that. Then second, then you need to train. How do you get six pack abs? You do it by doing six, you do it by doing sit-ups and reps and whatever ab workouts. So four buildable brains before you even get into building what those muscles are. First, you want to be congruent on your desire. And then second, you want to look at it as training. So you could, technically speaking, do an entrepreneurial workout for an hour a day. And this is the secret that most every program is missing. Most trainers will just give you the content of the process and they won't give you any skill or muscle repetition development. So in the surveyor, tiller, planter, gardener brains, the surveyor surveys the land, the tiller tills the land, the planter will plant those plants and the gardener will grow that garden and grow that revenue. So the surveyor is akin to looking at income streams, land that income streams can live on. And within, this, within the surveyor, the fundamental essence of an income stream is a customer, a pain, a solution to that pain, and an offer that's made. Customer, pain, solution, offer. CPSO. CPSO. Customer, pain, solution, offer. Well said. Very simple too. Yeah. So if you, for example, let's look at, I love, um, let's use like uh, optometry. Customer is 65. Pain is their vision's blurry. Solution is contacts, lenses, or contacts, lenses, uh, glasses, Lasix surgery, and their respective offers for that. Customer pain solution offer, now you have an income stream. Now, when you start thinking in that way, you'll start seeing that leaf differently. Now, if you wrote customer pain solution offer out and you did an entrepreneurial workout for like an hour a day, and you sat down or you just did like, 
you did three CPSOs a day on just different businesses. And you did three to four a day. After a while, if you did a hundred or more, you'd have a different brain that fired differently. You'd have built your brain differently. And through building the brain differently, you would start seeing things differently. When you start seeing things differently, then automatically your behavior changes. So building that brain is so critical. And CPSO would be an example for the, uh, for the surveyor. And um, you, know, you could do things like, uh, one of my favorite examples is uh, freshbooks.com. Yep. They're, a great, they're a great SaaS business. So their customer is a small business sole proprietor that exchanges time for money and sends an invoice to get paid for that time. Okay, very clear customer. The pain is manual invoicing. Gotcha. I just got a text from one of my buddies who said he's having a blast reading my book. I got to tell you, man, the, the book the book slayed me to write. Like it was so difficult to write. Like and I let it slay me. I let it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> like so, the pain <laughs> random um, celebration moment. The 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 pain is manual invoicing, right? Like open up a Word doc, type in the number, type in this, calculate the total, save it, attach it to an oh, email. It's time. And if you finally get successful enough that you have to out, you have to hire someone. Now you're spending all this money just for someone to do that manually all the time. So that, that, oh, that you just did. Brutal. That's what we're looking for. When we're, when we're building our business, you're looking for that, oh. If you can build a business around a pain that is, oh, like that, you're going to be very, very, very safe with your business. So pain is manual invoicing. The solution is automatic invoicing. Ooh. The offer is 10 to $50 a month. And it's a software as a service. Yes. Now you see how quickly that happened. Now you think about most entrepreneurs that are talk about their businesses and you walk into a room full of a hundred business owners and you don't get very clear answers from any of them. If you're, if you're in a room full of a hundred business owners, you probably only want to talk to one, two, three, four, maybe five of them know what they're actually doing. The other 95 will talk about the economy. You know, like I, a friend of mine, he lost $4 million in March because he was doing live events and he had to cancel them. And he uh, made no sales for three weeks. And then he pivoted his business and now he's crushing it. Most entrepreneurs would, you know, maybe to wait for the government to cut him a check or, you know, it's, it's a, the heart of an entrepreneur is not stopped really. And, and start from zero is a, a way to build that unstoppable heart because you see the through point, no matter where you're standing. So now that surveyor CPSO, you do that a bunch you start building it as a rep, you set up your, you set up to intend and on, like if you're, if you're already a successful, experienced entrepreneur and you actually, you actually start, like if you did this, for example, for yourself, you know, I see you work with like John McAvee and all these amazing people at your level, dude, if you did CPSO yourself, as reps, you would benefit from it. Well, I, and I, can I tell you, Dan, I love the idea of reps because this is not the first time I've heard someone say, you know, identify your ideal customer or client, what's their pain and so forth, right? But the way mm -hmm. you laid this out, somehow, I mean, I wrote it down in big bold, I have big stars around it. Oh, good. CPSO, good. sorry, there's my pen falling down. 
right. The idea of reps, so the idea of training your brain to go, no, everything I do, I have to think in this. And I'll be honest, what I feel like when I look at all the different offerings I've had over the years and now, I don't always do this process every time. Very often, and I'm curious your take, how often you see this, um, I start with offer. Like I go, oh, this is a cool Mm. class I could do, or I love this thing, or I want to write this book. And it's like this passion and desire of mine. And that's what I, I think, quite frankly, I, I think the world is too full of that where we're saying, what's your passion, Dane? Follow your, no. what are you made to do? And you should just give people that. No. But we never stop and go, well, who are they? What do they actually want? What do they actually need? How can I really serve someone? Yes. We're too busy looking at what our offers are essentially or what our solutions are. We don't even know what the problem is yet. Would you agree with that? A hundred million trillion percent. We've got that's such a big number. That's like almost as big as your blockbuster late fees when you <laughs> very good. Yeah, baby. You know, you gotta make that money. So you see that a lot then. Because I'm relating. I'm I'm my hands up first, you know? Well, um, here's the deal. If you can rewire your brain, so um you this this will take a reorientation of the brain. So um if, for example, if you look at like all the sales material that's released from the late eighteen hundreds to to now, over the course of a hundred plus years. 80% that I've, I've looked at about 80% of the sales material bases all my opinion. What I looked at is about 80% of that sales material was manipulative in nature. Yes. So now you look at our, most of our opinion of selling is hundreds of years of conditioning and manipulation. So thus most of us have a negative orientation towards sales. It's historically conditioned into us. So I also think that we are historically conditioned into, we have to be an expert. So we're historically conditioned to prove ourselves first, listen second. We're historically conditioned to create our own idea instead of actually serve because the heart of a business is to serve a customer, not to create your product. And if you actually got that down in your bones, you can, I mean, you can, you could be very, very successful, but the way this works is you've got the Holy grail of business is a clearly defined customer, wants a clearly defined result, so we use a clearly defined mechanism. The holy grail of business isn't mechanism, but most of us have 95% of our mental resource of our brain or more, rough approximation, is left for what our idea is. And then the last 5% is the customer and the result they want. So if you reorient that to 95% of your brain is customer and the result they want, and then 5% is mechanism, you'll, you'll have such a, a joyous time in business. Um, and like, it's, 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 it's such a fun process. For example, you know, if I'm talking to a customer, or they're a nine to five employee and they're really unhappy. And I ask them like, what would make this product irresistible for you to buy? He said, well, I just want to quit my job. Three words, the result, quit my job. I could have never said it that good. Right. You would have came up with all sorts of fancy slogans. Yeah, and- dude. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> so now I don't know how to do that fast. I'm the guy that shows you how to build your brain over time. Like the 15 millionaires, they did that in four years, which is cool, but it's not quit your job fast. So I'm not the expert. I'm not the expert at that mechanism. So I found somebody who is, and I gave him a 20% profit of the income from that product for that mechanism that he's creating. 
Good. Let's just quickly define when you say mechanism. I think it's the one word we're, that I don't hear in the entrepreneur vernacular often. Okay, yeah. You said three things on this one because we're not talking about customer pain solution offer. You said there's the, the ideal customer. What was next? The ideal result. Right. Ideal customer. What's their ideal result? And the mechanism is essentially just what's the delivery? Is it a product that does this for them? Is it a service? What's the thing that's getting that result for them? Is that fair to say? Yeah. It's like, it's like that, it's like that person who can't see. And so the result is they want 2020 vision. Yep. So the mechanism could be contacts. The mechanism could be glasses. The mechanism could be LASIK surgery. Um, you could have a clear customer of a, of a, a casual golfer. And the result they're really after is to just drive the ball farther than their friends. That was exactly right. me when I went for a golf lesson. <laughs> so I wanted to be consistently mediocre. I just wanted yeah. to be able to hit a consistent, okay swing. That's, that's the whole result I wanted. Yeah. Validation from men is pretty, pretty, pretty pleasurable. <laughs> the, the mechanism could be like a big old golf club, like a big Bertha. It could be a, a YouTube video that leads to a course on how to drive farther than your buddies. Um, it could be, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're going to more serious people like semi pro golfers that are trying to go pro, they'll do just about anything to go pro. So you, you could probably sell them like yoga for golfers. Like they'd probably even try that. The, the, the mechanisms could be, could be many. So, um, if you, uh, if you start looking at business and customer result mechanism, as opposed to mechanism, okay, who's my customer? And okay, hey, who cares about your result? Just buy my mechanism. I teach, I teach this a lot, actually. Customer result mechanism is the first thing I teach. And then I teach deep listening underneath that. And the book's based on this, of course. And, and, uh, but I have a podcast where I mentor people and teach them how to make money from scratch. And they're basically hot seats. They come on, they're like, here's my situation. What should I do? And I tell them what to do. And one guy's wanting to start an Amazon store, right? So um, he's like, yeah, man, I'm looking at my widgets slash mechanisms. And I just, I can't get lost. I can't figure out what to do. I was like, that's because you're in mechanism. Mechanism doesn't get you anywhere. Let's get you a clear customer. How about, how about people over 50 baby in the baby boomers? What's a clear result they might want? He's like, well, they might want to um, be fit so they could play with their grandkids, right? So, okay, so let's look at mechanisms based on that. Now, how about you actually, can you find anybody over 50? Can you talk to them? Can you ask them like, hey, what are the things that you think about at 50? What's, what kind of goes on in your day? What are the things that you really are wanting at this phase of your life? Are there any results that you're after right now that you're trying to create? And you just talk to them and they're like, well, you know, I want, I actually, I'm pretty curious about yoga, but I'm actually kind of I actually don't even want to tell you I'm scared of that because I don't want to be around a bunch of 20 somethings and feel old. And I don't want to, I don't want to like have to push myself and injure myself. Oh, okay. So mechanism, mechanism. Okay. So you see, yeah, video yoga without injury or well, something like that. Yes. You're getting there. It's like, um, uh, yoga for beginners over 50 go at your own pace while still being able to push yourself to your own limits. And I like that. Yeah. Well, we got that from a good, we got that from a Yelp review from a 50 year old who said it right straight out of his mouth. Cause we let our, we let our cut, like when you have clear customer, like for example, we're with this yoga ad that we did, we looked at reviews of yoga studios to write the ad. And we just let the customer that we had clearly defined speak in the ad instead of us trying to come up with the copy ourselves. 
So it's just a, it's a really fun way to build business when you orient towards customer first, customer first, result second, mechanism third. Very, very good. And I think this is the secret we've been talking a lot um, in the last several months around the word pivot. And that's, you know, it's gotten new breath. It's like pivot is the new thing, you know? Um, but the secret certainly is to get your eyes off of the mechanism because if you're stuck in the mechanism, the thing that I deliver is the way. And I do a lot of live events as well, like your friend. And, but that's not all that I do. If I just said, well, that's what I am. I'm a live event guy and, and we do live seminars and now we can't do live seminars for the last several months. So if that's the case, then now I'm out of business. If I focus on mechanism, I'm done. You know, they say like growth happens out of your comfort zone. Yes. So if you wanted to get out of your comfort zone this year, in 2020, when it's just this crazy show we're all in, <laughs> um, you could go to your, your, your top customers and you could just talk to them and you could say, so what are you wanting now? Coronavirus has happened. All this is going on. What are you wanting right now? What are you wanting today? And then you listen to them and they'll tell you stuff. They'll, they'll like to tell you stuff and it could be pretty vulnerable for you to ask because you're, are you going to be able to help them with whatever they say? And, and you, get, you get that result to find. And you're like, okay, my next step is to brainstorm the creation of this mechanism. It doesn't matter what the mechanism is. What matters is it delivers the result because that's what the customer is buying. So now they, they, you talk to these people and they all want, you find a similar theme. Like I asked um, people um, about, a, like a, we created a product and I love this product and it's, it's, an, it's an amazing little uh, passive income revenue generator, like an additional revenue stream. And um, it's this wonderful course. Um, I highly recommend it for like almost every human being in the world, but that's, a different story because we've got clear customers for this one too. Just, 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 just in case, you know, I'm following my own advice here, <laughs> but, but this, yeah. this product, what I did is I talked to um, entrepreneurs who struggle with mindset issues and I asked them, what's your number one struggle with mindset? And every single one of the five people I asked used the same word to describe it. They said, I struggle focusing. And I was like, Oh my God, this is brilliant. Everybody's got this problem. Everybody wants to pay for it. And it's all the same problem with focus. Okay, well, I'm not the expert in focus, but I don't need to be. So I found a buddy of mine who's really good at teaching people focus. He taught the course, gave him 20% profit, outsourced mechanism. So if you can do this, if you, if you want to get, go out of your comfort zone, out of what side, out of what you know, into what you don't know, into the unknown, and just ask people, what do you want right now? And really, really like set in your heart that you want to serve them fully where they're at. Be a, I think it'd be a pretty cool year for you. I mean, in addition to probably already be cool, but that's what I'd recommend. It's great advice, Dane. And thank you for, for taking the extra time with us now. And um, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Guys, go out and get this book. Um, startfromzero.com. We'll have everything, all the links in the show notes. You can check out the, the website for the podcast, Matt Browning Podcast, of course. Um, Dane, how do we stay connected with you? And... I'd love, yeah. to, I'd love to know what you're going to build. I'd love to know what you're doing. Um, it's such a joy to see creations come from nothing. Um, startfromzero.com. You'll be able to connect with me there. Um, also, if you're not inclined to buy the book because you'd like a sample or something, there's a, a free excerpt 
no email capture required. Uh, startfromzero.com forward slash five, F-I-V-E. Startfromzero.com forward slash five. And that's a excerpt that will actually reveal to you the tiller brain. And the tiller brain is how you till the land. How do you find those painful problems? And that's a five question process that is so powerful and so elegant. If you ask from go from question one to question five, you'll find the problem, you'll find the result, and you'll find the price the person wants to pay by using the five questions. And that's another thing you do with reps. And man, is it, is it a joy to do that process? That's free. Um, start from zero.com forward slash five. Uh, come say hi. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks for having me on such a great show. That is wonderful. Dane, thank you so much for coming on. I sure appreciate you. Great to meet you. Yeah. Thank you. You too, man. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. I hope that was valuable for you. It certainly was for me. I've been really looking at pivoting for the last, uh, last several months, ever since, you know, the early part of 2020. And that was the secret I needed was going from mechanism to customer and results. So really, really good stuff with my guest this week, Dane. Make sure you follow the podcast and subscribe everywhere you want to. It is free. There's no email capture. It's just go get the show wherever you get podcasts. You can get this on demand, of course. If you're listening in the car, make sure you head over to one of those on-demand platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those ones, you know, iHeartRadio, and you can get this hundreds of episodes back in the past. Enjoy it. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Get out there. And I think our new moniker we're going with is stay driven. So stay driven. See ya.